0: Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven Podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. We have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome, my fellow rebels. This is your host Nancy Ray, and in today's podcast, we are going to be diving into the topic of resistance and how we can actually bust through resistance. So I'm going to talk about resistance through a couple of different frames here because that's how we do. First, I want to talk to you about law of attraction and manifestation and how when you feel that you're really pushing, pushing, pushing towards a goal or to make something happen, how that's actually creating even more resistance. And when we pause, take a deep breath, and lean back, we can get back into the flow where things happen with more ease and more grace, and we can still absolutely move forward, but it's more of a pulling energy um, where we're being pulled and magnetized towards what we're wanting to manifest versus, versus pushing. I'm also wanting to talk to you today about relationships because relationships can or are such a powerful mirror and such a powerful analogy and metaphor for resistance. And when you can understand the energetics, the story behind the story and the things below the surface, you can then take the principles and literally apply them to any area of your life, business relationships, your body, whatever it is that you're wanting to create even more flow and ease and grace with, you can then apply it from that point. So let's talk about manifestation. I love to use the analogy of relationship in manifestation in this regard. So when we're wanting to manifest more money or more opportunities, the things we're wanting to manifest are masculine. It's masculine energy because it's coming towards us and us wanting to be in the feminine of receiving whatever it is, the thing that we are wanting. So when we imagine in that instance, if we do a super stereotypical relationship with a man and a woman, the man representing masculine, the woman representing feminine, how do we engage in that dynamic to create more of what we want versus creating resistance? So here's a great example. This actually happened with my daughter the other day in the car. She has a birthday coming up and she kept asking her dad and I over and over and over again, did you already give me a present? What, did you give me a present yet? Did you get me a present yet? Did you get me a present yet? And in that moment, I could feel energetically my physiology <laughs> respond in a resistant way. Of course, I already have things planned for her. I've been talking with her dad for weeks, planning what we wanted to do and coordinate for her birthday to surprise and delight her because we love and adore her. But when she asked in that way of, have you done it yet? Have you bought us something yet? There's this part of me that wanted to um, withhold it almost because I'm wanting to surprise and delight her. And when she asked me the question with sort of the approach that I might not, like in my mind, I'm thinking, of course, I've already done something for you. Do you even need to ask? And when it comes to manifesting with the universe, where is it that you are doing this? Where are you wanting more clients, more abundance, more flow, um, more romance in your relationship? And instead of allowing the universe to bring it to you, trusting that it received the request, It knows, it knows your birthday's coming and all it wants to do is surprise and delight you. So of course it's already bought you a gift. Of course it's already doing it. But when you keep checking in over and over again, there's a presupposition behind that conversation that you don't actually trust the universe and that you don't believe that it wants to surprise and delight you and you don't believe that it's bringing you those things. So I've talked about presupposition before, but I'm gonna rerun it really quickly here for you now so you can understand when I say presupposition, what that means. Presupposition means that the energy of what you're asking is communicating something very different or even more than the actual words. So if there was a book titled how to be good in bed, and I gave it to someone, the presupposition is of the title of the book is that they're not already good in bed, right? How to be good in bed. Now, if all I did was add one word to that title, it can completely shift the presupposition or the energetic assumption that's behind the title. So if I said how to be even better in bed, the presupposition is you're already good. And guess what? You can be even better at this. So you can see how The words that you're saying are communicating more than just those actual words. There's presuppositions hidden in those. So in the way that you engage and interact with the universe or whatever it is you're trying to manifest, are you placing presuppositions that are indicators? This is one of the main things I do in my coaching. I am expert level at identifying presuppositions. People often aren't aware of the way that they request things from the universe, the way they request things from their partner, the way they request things from the checkout lady, the way that they do that has presuppositions in it. And when you can master the world of presuppositions, you can be a very charismatic, highly magnetic, influential being because you are, your intention is clear all throughout your communication, not just the actual words you're saying. So pay special attention to that because in the way that you ask, you can actually create resistance. I did this in my marriage. So before Tyson and I separated, Actually, in our, let's go all the way back to dating. So eight plus years ago when we were dating, he would give me these amazing calf massages. And I love calf massages, foot massages. They're like the most yummy, favoritist thing in my world. And he gave them to me all the time when we were dating. And then we got married, we started having kids, we got busy, and they happened less and less. Now, rather than simply asking like, hey, can I have a foot rub? Which is very vulnerable, right? Because when I ask, hey, can I have a foot rub? There's an opportunity for him to say no. Right. And so rather than be super vulnerable and just request, say, Hey, can I have a foot rub? He, which again, that's just this really vulnerable way of asking. And in that there's no presupposition that he hasn't been, or he needs to do it more. It's just requesting in that moment when he may be busy or distracted with other things in life, right? We're sitting on the couch together. Hey, can I have a foot rub? It's a very, um, just great way to ask. Instead of doing that, what I did was I complained. And I said, do you remember you used to give me foot ropes all the time, but you never give me them anymore. And, blah, 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 blah. and I would complain about the absence of it rather than just requesting that I would like it. Now, if you can imagine being the other person on that end, my daughter has done this to me as well. And this is when I really began to notice the energetics of this happening is when she will show up to me and she will say, can I please have time on my tablet? You never let me have time on my tablet. You said I can have time on my tablet earlier, blah, 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 blah. And she builds all this negative resistance energy. In it, there's a presupposition that I'm not on her team. There's a presupposition that I don't want to surprise and delight her and give her things that she wants. So in the way that I was complaining with my husband at the time created more resistance to me actually getting what I want. But instead, if my daughter would just show up vulnerably, mom, is now a good time for me to do tablet? I am way more likely to say yes, but when she brings this stockpile of evidence, of energy, of stories, of wounds, of all the times she's been let down and all the horrible times I haven't let her have her tablet, what it does is it makes me feel like I'm a bad mom. And it's trying to use that yucky energy to manipulate me into saying yes, which people are way more conscious than this now. These techniques might've worked 20 to 30 years ago, they won't work anymore. No one wants to be manipulated. People are becoming more and more energetically in tune and you create more resistance in the way that you request or ask things of other people. So let's dive into this in a whole other way in relationships. And I'm going to bring this, this around. It makes so much sense when you hear it in this way. So growing up, Tyson was sort of shy. He didn't talk a lot at his home. And then when he would finally speak up, people would say, oh gosh, now you're finally talking. And they would actually punish the behavior they wanted to see in him. So they wanted him to talk more, but that they didn't realize in the energetic way they were doing it, they were punishing him. We can take this back to calf massages. So say we're sitting on the couch, Tyson comes over, or I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, he comes over, picks up my legs, sets them on his laps, and he starts massaging my calves or my feet, right? In that moment, if I say, oh, thank you, I love this so much that encourages and rewards the behavior that I want to see more of. I want more foot rubs, right? Well, if instead of doing that, I go, oh my gosh, finally, I wish you did this more often. How come you never do these anymore? I'm punishing the behavior I want to see. Same with my kid, okay? She wants me to give her candy more often or treats more often or more tablet time. When I give it to her, if she goes, "Ah, oh, finally, you never give me treats anymore. How come you never give me treats anymore? in that moment, she's creating energetic resistance, aka punishment for me for doing a behavior that she actually wants. Now let's take this a whole nother layer beneath this, the energy behind all of these stories. Oftentimes when we punish somebody for doing something we want to do, we have unresolved hurt about it. We have unresolved stories or sadness that it doesn't happen anymore. So with the calf massages, if I'm feeling the need to punish him once he finally gives me gives me what I'm wanting there. That means there's somewhere unresolved that I have a story in my head. And the story could be something like, Oh, he doesn't give me calf massages anymore. He doesn't love me as much. Or you see, look, this is evidence that our relationship is, is dying. It's falling apart. It's not working anymore. And it's that story that I'm actually wanting resolved and me punishing the behavior. I actually want to see is actually a cry for help, a cry for this story, this energy to be healed and released. And that's not the other person's job. It is our own job. When my daughter approaches me with a presupposition that I never let her play on her tablet in that moment, that's her own story. She has a story, right? The presupposition is the key. She has a story that her, her world is not supporting her. Or things aren't always happening perfectly somewhere she's not trusting somewhere she's not feeling aligned and connected to her source energy because she's feeling the need this cry for help to get it from other people right she's this is this is also what i see when people bag on themselves when people criticize themselves people for a long time have thought self-deprecating humor is hilarious i think it is such an adorable transparent cry for help that they have these issues that are unresolved in them and they're talking about it and they're, 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 they're finally expressing it. And that's actually a cry for help. Like I have this unresolved feeling or wound inside me and I'm actually crying for help, not just compliments. I'm actually, this is something that gets to be resolved in me. I love self praise humor. I think it's just as funny and just as hilarious to put on this sort of adorable swagger of confidence and, and semi teasing and bordering on the light of arrogance versus self deprecation. And one builds more positive energy in your life and one builds the opposite so what happens is we are employing techniques to try to get what we want but it's creating the opposite effect it creates more and more of the lack of money more and more of the lack of affection, more and more of the lack of tablet time. In the case of my daughter, when she approaches me with all these presuppositions that I don't love her, that I don't support her, when she brings all this baggage into the conversation of all the ways that I've done her wrong or not been there for her in the past, I feel this need instantly to become defensive and that's resistance. It's when you have two forces pushing against each other and it creates a complete stalemate. Nobody's moving anywhere. I'm not getting what I want. She's not getting what her she wants. It's just this pushing, pushing, pushing energy. People become to defensive, and the need to prove that they were right where they were at. This, we can go back to my husband's, um, well, Tyson's, my ex husband's <laughs> experience as a child where he was so uh punished for finally speaking, and they continue to talk about it over and over again, which I find interesting because with me, he talks quite a bit. When he has something to say, you cannot shut him up. (laughs) He will talk and talk and talk just like any other human when they finally have something to say. He often though, chooses words very wisely. He can sit in a room with 20 people all having, maybe not 25 people having a deep conversation and he can observe for 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes and say nothing. But then when he finally has something to say, everyone listens because it's obviously important because he does not waste words. You could hear a pin drop when he talks and he drops some sort of epic, transformational, next level evolutionary bomb into the conversation and everybody begins to shift because of it. Now that is a gift. So you see how in the moment of criticizing his way of approaching conversation or dialogue is ridiculous. It's based on a judgment and a perception that we should all engage in conversation the same, that we should all talk a certain amount every day. And that if you don't, you're somehow wrong or bad. Um, or, and sometimes I really believe the story growing up is his family felt, um, disconnected from him. They wanted to feel like they knew him. They wanted to feel connection with him. So rather than just seeking out opportunities to create connection or do something one-on-one with them, him, or ask him a question and actually shut up long enough for him to answer. (laughs) They, uh, instead did the opposite, which this is so common. You guys, no judgment, no need to shame this. This is commonly what we do. We don't recognize that the words that we're saying and the energy that we are emitting, and the presuppositions behind what we are doing are actually creating the exact opposite experience that we want to have. It is wild. So what we get to do is we each get to identify our own backstory and and begin managing it from that point. So when I manage the backstory during my marriage of our marriage is failing, it's falling away, the passion's not there. When I manage that and I say things to myself like, man, we've been so busy. A lot of the quirky fun things that we did when we were initially dating have kind of faded away. That's so interesting. And that's probably incredibly normal. So what are some things that I could do or put in place to help, you know, keep that alive? Maybe we could get date nights back going again now that the baby's old enough to be left with a sitter. Maybe we could, and you see how it immediately shifts me into a solution oriented because I've made point A where I'm at. Okay. When you can make it okay that someone in your life is not super verbal, when you can just make it okay, then there's no reason to punish them when they finally start speaking again because it was okay when they weren't speaking and it's okay if they're ready to start speaking now. It's about getting to a place of neutrality and allowing things to be okay as they are so that you can then start shifting them more and more to where you want them to be. Just because a certain situation or scenario is not where you want it to be yet does not make where it is now wrong. And this tiny microscopic shift in your perception, it's just a different come from, it's a different way of approaching and navigating the situation will begin to neutralize and minimize so much of the resistance. I promise you, I want you to begin doing this. I want you to begin thinking about things this way. Another important thing, and I'm just going to drop a tiny seed, plant seed about this in the back of your mind, because we could do probably 50 podcasts about this, is that oftentimes the backstory is also linked to some sort of codependency, that I cannot be happy or feel okay in myself until I see a certain behavior from somebody else. So this would mean, uh, let's go to the talking example, he's not talking, that means I am in Tyson's mom case maybe, and I'm just totally making these stories up, right? Like these are their own experiences, their own stories. I'm just using this small example as a you know, a metaphor, right? But maybe in the mom's instance, like, oh, I, I feel like I'm a bad mom because I haven't nurtured him to speak. And um, if he would speak, then I would feel like a better mom, right? You see how there's some sort of her codependency or her happiness wrapped up in the choices that he makes. And then we can also take this a whole nother layer deeper to my own resistance when my daughter comes up and asks me in a resistant way, my own resistance is also based on a story, right? On a codependency that her energy, her asking in a resistant way is not okay. That is also okay. And if I am managing my own story and my own codependency around it, I do not have to allow her way of requesting tablet time for me to trigger me into resistance. I can soften into the situation And as I soften and make it okay, the resistance diminishes again, because if she shows up with resistance and I make resistance wrong, boom, we're in a gridlock again, (laughs) right? We're pushing, pushing, pushing. We're both pushing. I'm pushing that all of her presuppositions and the way that she's asking me are wrong, right? That I am actually a great mom and she's resisting me because I'm saying her resistance is wrong. And she's saying it's okay to be resistant, right? That all of her feelings are valid. So you see how We can keep applying this in in every instance. The most important thing is to notice energetically when someone asks you in a way that creates resistance. That doesn't mean I have to say no to tablet time. It means I can say, sweetheart, I would appreciate it when you ask if you just say, can I do tablet time now? Rather than um, going into the story about the past, which I don't feel is true. It doesn't feel true to me. I feel that I, you know what I mean? And actually addressing it and having conversations with these things. So, we could go very, very long into that. I wanted to let you all know that right now my inner circle doors are open and whenever it is you're listening to this, because it could be months in the future, inner circle doors open about once a quarter and inner circle is a private group for me right now. I'm running an amazing special, um, a founder's discount, but this month we're going to be doing a masterclass. We do a masterclass every month for inner circle, and I'm actually having Tyson join me and we're going to be talking about conscious creation language in relationships and navigating those things. So much of the pain in our relationships, the arguments, the feeling unwanted, the yuckiness, the disconnection, the fading of love and passion. Um, and so many of the fights and arguments actually are not even about the actual conversation that's happening, right? It's not even about the tablet. It's not even about the calf massage. It's about so much of the energy and the stories that are packed beneath that. And it can be past experiences in that relationship. And often they are, rooted in and founded in past relationships from our original family, like our mom and dad and our siblings. And we can get awareness around that. First of all, we can have more compassion for the other person. And second of all, we can own our own power more. And as we heal and grow through those triggers, it totally transforms the relationships. It is a very beautiful thing. So I want you to know that that's out there um, in the ether, this masterclass live that's happening. And regardless of whenever you join inner circle, you can get access to that. So always creating even more tools for you guys and even more um, approaches, metaphors, stories, and perceptions to really help integrate all this information into your very being. So it's not something we just talk about. It's something that we actually are about. It's who we are. That being said, I'm going to sign off and remind you that whatever it is that you are dreaming or believing, it is yes, 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 absolutely possible for you to create that in your life. I love you so much and until next time.